1: Why is it so green where you're from? It must be Zamzos growing in your yard, garden, or barn. You've done it right, you see it. Got my help that you need it. Zamzos really makes you want to come home. I'm coming home. Cause nobody knows. Like Zamzos.
0: News Talk KBOI. How's it going, everybody? This is the Zamzo's Garden Show, and uh, today we're doing a pre recorded uh, show, and I uh, wanted to introduce, we've had uh Gary Yandel on the show before, uh, live, and also in pre-recorded form. Gary, thanks for coming in and hanging out with me a little bit today. All right. Thanks for having me. So, uh, Gary is the guy I turn to when it comes to fruit trees and berries and grapes and a lot of other things, too, because Gary is very knowledgeable. And he, I know he likes to say he has a small orchard, but uh, every time he tells me how big it is, I can't imagine why you would think that's small, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's more work than I want to do. Uh, Uh, But today, we're going to talk about, uh, as I mentioned, this is a pre-recorded show, so we won't be taking any phone calls today. Uh, so you don't need to uh, give us a call. But uh, if you want to ask a question, you can always ask us at zamzos.com. You can send an email to zamzos at zamzos.com. Or you can find us on Facebook or Twitter, and I will answer your questions there as well. Uh, so the first thing I wanted to talk about, um, Gary, this time of year it's pretty common for us to see uh, you know, some wet weather or some humidity and i know like there's always a little bit of a lag effect you know we see that sort of stuff happen and then it seems like for the next two to three weeks people kind of freak out because a lot of stuff starts to happen so i was wondering if you could take a moment and just kind of explain like what's going on why do we start why do we see these things after a rain
2: it takes a while for the pathogens that are going to give rise to the certain diseases to actually build up enough of a population to cause damage mm, interesting so, yeah. yeah
0: I've never thought of it in population actually. Yeah. I always thought it was just kind of a timing thing, but that makes a lot of sense that they they have those 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 triggers those things that they right. they need to start popular to start growing and doing their thing, and once they get into a population high enough. That's when they can start to infect and and cause lots of issues correct yeah, so uh, some of the things that we start to see this time of year uh, pretty frequently uh, are something like uh I think this is like the scour the scourge of any apple tree uh in the treasure valley, probably anywhere it really, but uh, something like fire blight is very prevalent and it seems like uh usually kind of that early to mid Sometimes late spring, it can just start showing up and it spreads by like wildfire, pardon the pun, Yes, (laughs) but it spreads really quickly and can be very damaging. So I was wondering if you could just take a moment and talk to us about fire blight, what it is and how to identify it, and then kind of how we're going to help people get it out of their trees.
2: So, yeah, as we said before, the spore for the fire blight is always in the environment. It's just sitting there waiting for the right Event, and that event is high humidity, rain, and temperatures between seventy and seventy-five degrees. Of course, we just hit that. Yeah, for sure. Not long ago, and as we said, it takes a couple of days, but slowly the population of that bacteria builds up enough, infects the trees, and it enters into the newest growth or through flower buds first. Right, works its way down through the vascular system of the tree called the cambium layer. And as it does so, it disrupts that layer enough where nutrients don't flow any longer. And therefore, you see the dying leaves and blossoms and sometimes even affecting the fruit.
0: Yeah, and you—the thing with fire blight is you always kind of notice it, like you said, kind of the newest stuff. So it tends to happen at the tips of the branches right. first, and then it starts as it infects. a the reason it's called fire blight is it looks like the tops of those tips of branches have been burnt down. Right. They start to even sometimes they kind of cane or make a, a shepherd's crook at the top right. tips of the leaves, and it can be very damaging. And it's also very—it's um, stressful, I think, for uh, an apple owner, somebody who has an apple tree, it's very stressful to just see your tree start to do this and you're not sure why. And before you know it, a good portion of your tree has got all this damage on it. Mm-hmm. So what's what is somebody who, you know, they start to see this happen. And it doesn't just happen on apple trees, I believe. I mean it can happen it's on any poem fruits, right? So you can see it in pears. Yes. Uh you can see it in I mean technically you could I, I don't think I've ever seen it, but I think technically you could get it in road Roses um, and, yep. uh, hawthorns. I know and hawthorns. hawthorns are yes. another one that yep. can get it. Those are all plants in the rose family. Right. So, um, so when somebody sees something like this, what's the what are the first steps? What are they going to want to do to kind of st- stop it from what it you know progressing? And how how can they how can they go on with this and and save their tree?
2: So the method is basically I turn you into a tree surgeon. <laughs> yeah. Because you literally have to go out and prune carefully each of the limbs that are infected. So, what you do, you work down the limb from the tip where you first see the infection, work your way towards the trunk along the limb. You watch for the last dead leaf, hmm. and then work your way about 8 to 12 inches down from there. Wow, yeah, you got to take a lot out. You have to. You have to get in front of this disease. Yeah. And that's where you make your, your pruning cuts. Now, your pruning cuts have to be made with sanitized pruners, saws, loppers, whatever you're going to use. Yeah. So the easiest thing I've found to do is have a bucket of water out there. Have a half a cup of bleach in that bucket of water. Put on some rubber gloves or just use your bare hands. Do not use cloth gloves. Mm, okay. Right. So you want to be able to sanitize your hands and sanitize your pruners. Right. So you find your cut, sanitize your pruner, make your cut. Yeah. Find your next cut, sanitize your pruners, make the cut. And it's back and forth like that until you've cut all the dead material out. You have to do it this way or you're gonna spread the disease and you're gonna be right back doing this again. Exactly, I think that's 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 one of the first things. I think a lot of people
0: will see something like that and uh, you know start to cut and not take that extra time to clean it. And because this is a bacteria, it spreads differently than funguses do. Very easily, um, it yeah. It spreads very, yeah, very easily in that way. So you really want to take that time, make those cuts precise, and then clean your pruners after, mm-hmm. uh, just to make sure you you're not spreading it from cut to cut. Otherwise, like you said, you're going to be right back in the you're same point. It, yeah, now, what yeah. are you going to do with those those branches as you cut them out uh, should you take care with them i would imagine you probably don't want to throw those in the mulch pile definitely uh, not
2: <laughs> no no they are full of uh, the spore for the bacteria you want to bag those up burn them whatever you can do just get them off your property yeah um when you get done with all your cuttings and so forth your pruners whatever you used to uh, do the pruning with Now, rinse those off really well. That Clorox is going to corrode those and then Mm. oil them down. WD-40 works well. You know, something along that line. Yeah, always take care of your pruners. Yeah, (laughs) And then, when you got it all cut and you're ready to go here, you're going to need to spray down the tree with some sort of an antimicrobial. Now, you can do that with a liquid copper spray, or we do have a fire blight spray, which is literally an antibacterial spray. Probably. yeah yeah
0: yeah and you can use either of those at uh, you want to do that after you've done all of
2: your pruning after you've done your pruning. Okay. Yep.
0: now so this is a question if if can you use those things as a preventative beforehand? yes, you can, okay, so you can use the copper spray or the the fruit I think it's a fruit alone product that you can use, yes, and you can spray that when you see these these events these humidity, these rain events followed by rising temperatures, which happens, tends to happen, kind of, you know, March, May time frame. Mm -hmm. You see that stuff, get ready. If you've got an apple tree, have something ready to go out there and spray those guys with, and you can uh, prevent a lot of this, or at least mitigate a lot of that damage. So, This is the Zamzo's Garden Show. I am here with Gary Yandel from our Middleton location. and We're talking fruit trees today. We're going to talk about all the things that you need to do to take care of the trees, uh, your small orchard, your berries, anything that you might have that's a blooming, flowering, fruiting plant. We're going to talk about some of the things you might see this time of year and how to take care of them. We just got done talking about fire blight. We're going to talk about a few more here on the Zamzo's Garden Show. This is a pre-review Recorded show, And we will talk to you again here after the break on KBOI. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk KBOI.
1: Hi, this is Callie Zamzo. And you may be wondering what exactly is the last average frost date? Well, the last average frost date is the last day on average that we can expect frost in Boise, give or take 10%. This year it snowed on May 9th. Go figure, which is why it's referred to as the average date. At Zanzo's, we've been helping folks deal with frost for almost 90 years and urge you to always use caution and protect your plants, especially if you're new to the valley. That said, you still need to plant your fruits and veggies now to give them time to grow, set fruit, and ripen before our first average frost date occurs. Zamzos also has some innovative products like plant protectors you fill with water and frost blankets that keep out the cold while letting in light air and water, plus some tips and tricks we've learned over the past 90 years. So if you're growing a garden, don't let Mother Nature get you down. Get to your nearest Zamzos for the products and advice you need to keep on growing. Nobody knows like Zamzos.
0: You can't afford to miss the big
3: news. Americans are marching and making their voices heard. Public sentiment is everything. We will never stop fighting. And
0: only one station covers it all. The defenders in Mariupol are releasing a statement this morning saying that they are under attack again, that Russian armored vehicles are storming the plant. Your news authority.
1: The national average
2: hitting a new all-time high, climbing to $4.43 a gallon.
0: News Talk KBOI. How's it going, everybody? This is the Zamzos Garden Show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie, and I'm here with Gary Yandel from our Middleton location, and we are back for part two of this pre recorded show. We are not taking phone calls today, but we should be back next week live and we will be able to answer your calls there. If you have uh, any questions in the meantime, you can always reach out to us at zamzos at zamzos.com. Those emails get to me and I will be able to answer any of those questions you might have. And if I don't know how to answer your question, Gary Yandel is one of my go-tos because uh, he is very intelligent. He's very good. He's really smart when it comes to a lot of things. In particular, today we're talking about fruit tree care, grape care, uh, berries, those sorts of things. What 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 are the things that you start to see this time of year? Uh, in the last segment, we were talking about some fire blight and how devastating fire blight can be to a lot of plants. And Gary, you made a good point as we were uh, kind of getting ready for this next segment here that fire blight is not only something that's uh, uh, damaging to fruit bearing trees, but also remember you got a lot of ornamentals uh, and ornamental pears, uh, particularly, can just be ravaged by something like fire blight
2: yeah same thing applies with those yeah and um though apples are definitely devastated by the disease they have some resistance Mm. pears have none you can lose a pear tree to fire blight
0: yeah so it's one you got to really look out for if you've got an apple tree or a pear tree or even like like we mentioned a flowering pear um I think Chanticleer is one that's very common, yeah, yeah uh one that's out there quite a bit uh but these are uh it's a white blooming flowering pair, they're very common, there's tons of them out there, but if uh one of those guys get uh Get infected with fire blight. You got to get ready and get uh, get on it real quick because they can take out a tree really quickly. So, fire blight is one that you don't want to mess around with. You definitely got to be careful and uh, take care of it quickly. Let's talk about another one that's really common and uh, we see this uh, every year. This uh, you know kind of that m- middle of springtime, but uh, peach leaf curl. And I start to see a lot of questions show up about peach leaf curl as. Uh, people notice the newer leaves as the leaves come out on their peach they look really deformed and oftentimes they're kind of reddish pinkish and they're just like man what's going on so I was wondering I uh, Gary, Gary uh, walk us through peach leaf curl and kind of what's going on there
2: peach leaf curl is a fungal disease in this case which infects the buds of your peach tree um, so The whole idea is to have a fungicide an active fungicide on your tree as it starts to leaf out so applying a a fungicide this time of year um, won't do a whole lot for you now as
0: yeah yeah, as we get later into the season and the leaves really come out it's kind of too late
2: right yeah and um, your tree will do just fine uh, if we do nothing now, and the higher temperatures we're going to experience here as the summer progresses actually puts that disease to a halt. Doesn't kill it. Yeah. Puts it into dormancy. Mm. So we have to deal with this. If you have got a tree that's had peach leaf curl on it, and this is going to affect your peaches and your nectarines. Right. Okay. So. So your
0: your sorry your your pit fruits. Right. Yeah.
2: So this fall, all the leaves are gonna fall off your tree naturally, but the peach leaf curl infected leaves will not. You'll want to knock those down. Mm. Rake these up, burn them, get them off your property, bag them, water, whatever you gotta do, Yeah. okay? Once you're done with that, then spray down your tree with liquid copper spray. It works very well on this disease, only it takes several applications to actually arrest it. Mm. So that's this fall. Next, following spring, I'm talking about late February or so, you run out there and you spray your tree again yeah. with your liquid copper spray. Then you're on kind of a program where you're going to be re-spraying copper every 10 to 14 days. The partial reason for that is because our weather is so unpredictable, yeah. if it rains or snows or whatever that time of year, that copper gets washed off and we right. have to keep it there. It's yeah. got to stay on that tree as it leaves out. Basically, you're done spraying liquid copper about the time your peach tree starts to leaf out. You'll see a great reduction in the disease, but unfortunately, we can't perfectly spray the tree. There'll be a little bit left. Mm-hmm. This is it's a thing you might have to do for two years to get rid of it. Hmm.
0: Okay, so you can actually, over time, through this kind of regimen, you can kind of work it out so that you don't have to keep doing this right. year after right. year and this many times. Okay, yeah. so that's good to know. I mean, that's a, a light at the end of the tunnel, I guess, when it comes Certainly. to that. And then, um, you know, and I think one of the more important things there is, is that reapplication. I think a lot of right. times when it comes to fruit trees, at least kind of how I've seen it over the years, is a lot of people want to do something one time and there 's really no way to get away from just one time application any of these yeah. things, even when we get into some of the bug stuff, you have to reapply these things over and over and over again if you want to be successful and that 's really the key. We want you to be successful right. as well, right. so definitely keep that in mind if you 've got a peach tree uh, and you and you can prevent it you can you can get on top of it and keep it out of there, or at least as Gary mentioned, uh, keep it from progressing or getting worse throughout the year. And the other thing I think to remember too, uh, a lot of these, you know, everybody, it, it, like I said, it's very stressful to see fire blight happen. It's stressful to see peach, curl, peach leaf curl happen. Uh, but these things are not always death sentences. A lot of times there's some very proactive things that we can do. And in the case of peach leaf curl, it's not going to kill your tree, uh, at least as long as you start doing something. Uh, because eventually, if you did nothing, it's going to stress the tree out over and over again every single year to the point where it might not make it through a winter or might you know just have other ill effects it might have bug disease bug problems at that point so you do want to start doing something at some point. Yeah, this, so, this
2: oh, is a disease that is not going to go away. You right. have to treat for it.
0: Yeah, it's going to stick around. So yeah. you definitely want to take care of it. Um, all right, so let's get into a few of the other things. Um, let's keep on the uh, disease train here. <laughs> mm-hmm. As we see, uh, powdery mildew is one very that's very common. You see it in a lot of plants, not just trees and shrubs and things like that. But I wanted you to talk about one of the newer products that you, you, you had. And I have not used this one, uh, but you were really excited. About it, and I was wondering if you could talk about a product we have called Revitalize. It's a organic spray, as I understand, and, uh, and organic, you yeah. you you sounds like it sounds like you've had some experience with it. So I was wondering if you could take a minute and just
2: tell us a little bit about that product. It's a really cool product. In the past, when you could see the powdery mildew, really the only thing that we had was neem oil. Yeah. It would kill it. (laughs) Neem oil that we've only had for a couple of years, really, in
0: in major supplies.
2: And then we got this uh, product. It's called Revitalize. It comes in a concentrator ready to use. It's an active bacteria, completely harmless to anything but fungus. It eats fungus. Isn't that
0: awesome when there's uh, something that's just so pinpoint? This is the only thing I do.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so we can cure. Yeah. With this product, um, that which has been a problem powder, with powdery mildew, because powdery mildew is really hard to control. But this is an awesome product; I love it. And so,
0: and so, it, because it's this beneficial bacteria that you can use. I mean, you can use it on your edibles, but you can use it on lots of things. So yes. I know you know peonies are a perennial. Oh, that, uh, yeah, big problem. They yeah. are perennial, and they perennial, perennially <laughs> get powdery mildew. Yes. <laughs> uh, using it on something like your grapes sounds like a no-brainer. There, you. Can yeah. And use it on that. Uh, do you want to use it as a preventative, like we do some of the other ones, or is because it's a live bacteria? Do you want to use it after
2: you see it? You can do both. And the, yeah. neat, the neat thing about this revitalized product, it's at an excellent price point. That little sixteen ounce bottle is going to make sixty or ninety six gallons. Whoa! A product. Oh boy! You could use it pretty liberally. so Okay, so that's good. That's one
0: I've got to pay more attention to. I'm going to have to pick some of that. Uh, Okay, we are (laughs) hopping on to another break here, the Zamzo's Garden Show. I am your host, Nolan Guthrie. I'm here with Gary Yandel. We're talking about all the sorts of things that you need to do and keep in mind as we uh, get into start working into summer and uh, keeping your fruit trees and your berries and your grapes and and really your garden and your landscape healthy. So uh, come back. We're going to talk about a few more things. We're going to start getting into some bug issues, and uh, we will be talking about that here in just a moment on the Zamzo's Garden Show on KBOI. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back
3: right here on Newstalk KBOI. Hi, this is Jim Zamzo. And this Thursday through Sunday, May 12th to the 15th, Zamsel's is having a full tray sale on bedding plants. Now we used to call this a full flat sale, but it got so complicated as to what size tray constituted a flat that we decided to make it simple and offer a 10% discount on any size tray you fill with flowers and plants. So be our guest. Mix and match, and pick from all bedding plants, including annual flowers, perennials, veggies, ground covers, and more. And get 10% off everything you can fit in a flat. Oops, there I go again. I mean everything you can fit in a tray. And Zamzos carries the best plants in town. So when you take home a tray of Zamzos bedding plants, you're getting the best plants you can buy. But don't wait. Our full tray sale lasts for five days only and ends this Sunday at 5 p.m. So shop now and save 10% at all 13 ZAMZO's.
1: Nobody knows like ZAMZO's.
0: Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are our news talk with KBOI. All right, we are back for part three of the Zamzo's Garden Show. I am your host, Nolan Guthrie. With me today is Gary Yandel, uh, who is uh, the manager of our Middleton store and uh, by his own admission has a small orchard, although I, uh, I have not seen it. When he talks about how many trees are there, I don't know how he can say it's small. But he's a man that uh works very hard <laughs> and enjoys taking care of trees. I'm sure it's worth it in the end to uh have all that out there. So
2: it's educational. <laughs> yeah, educa- yeah,
0: that's a you know, that's a great point, Gary. Having a garden is very educational. You learn so many things about just nature and how to take care of stuff and, and uh you get something out of it. Yes. Not not just knowledge, but you get uh Tasty treats as well, so <laughs> so we're going to talk about a little bit more uh, what you can do to prevent. Uh, we're going to get into some bug issues because those are always uh, things that we have to deal with. You know, we talked about in the, in the last few segments. We were talking about some of the diseases that are common to our trees, uh, our fruit trees in particular. Uh, now we want to get into uh, some of the bugs because those uh, they do produce tasty things, and unfortunately, the bugs like to eat them as well. Yes. Uh, but we do have some great. Uh, ways to control them. So, Gary, I always appreciate uh, your knowledge, particularly when it comes to coddling moss. You've kind of gotten it. I, I, I always feel like you've really got it nailed down. Uh, how to take care of coddling moss, and uh, I was wondering if you could kind of just go through that process with us, okay. uh, and and how people can stop those coddling moss from getting into their apple.
2: Okay. So, the most precise way of dealing with coddling moss, uh, you know, on our level, is Around April, before your apple tree starts to blossom out, you buy a coddling moth trap. Yeah. It's a pheromone trap, and it's going to tell you you have coddling moths. It's an old guest game here. Yeah. And the program is you catch a few moths in this trap, remove the trap from the tree, and spray with an, uh, an insecticide rated for fruit trees. Put the trap back in and monitor the trap again until you catch some more moss mm. and spray. So you're doing this cycle. Yeah. Okay. Um, the shotgun approach is you can you can go, well, my tree is starting to blossom. The flowers are starting to open up. It's time to start spraying. It works some years, some years it (laughs) it does not. So just a warning there, okay? A lot of people are now going to, they haven't sprayed their trees yet, I mean, and they're they're coming into the stores and going, hey, I need to start spraying my tree. And the fact of the matter is it's already too late
0: yeah we're right. talking uh right now we're recording this in kind of the end of May. uh We may play this again some other time, but if you're around that may time frame uh, you may as Gary's saying, right. you may be too late if we're still in april you're you're right on time right. you're, you're right. look
2: you're in good shape so um just I tell my customers at this point in time, you' probably got at least fifty percent infestation apples with worms in them already no you can't see them because they're living inside deep inside the apple yeah and then but you can take up spraying now and hopefully you'll have some fruit with no worms in them yeah now
0: I know a lot of times you want to inspect and, and when you see that sting that little that little dot on the apple is that the worm coming out of the apple or is that when it went into the apple when it was very young
2: that's the entry Okay. That's the worm going in. A tiny little pin hole. Yeah. That's them going in. No, the exit hole, which we're gonna start seeing those within usually the June time frame. Okay. 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 And they're much bigger. They're okay. like a the end of a pencil big. Oh okay, you know, right, right, a, right. You know, a big bruise on the side of that apple. Okay.
0: Yeah. So if you if you if you are inspecting your fruit early on and you do see you know if you can notice or see that little pinhole that little sting, um, it's probably a good idea to go ahead and try to pull that off. I yes. would imagine oh, if you yeah. can probably don't want to try to not to break the spur if you can, but uh, try to get that apple off, prune it out, throw it in the trash. Don't leave it there or throw it on the ground. Put it in mulch pile. Throw it in the trash because it's still got that worm in it. Yeah, it's in and that. we yeah we don't want to let that 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 thing develop into a moth Mm -hmm. so we're going to help control the population that way so as uh, you mentioned gary the thing i like about the using the trap is you don't have to you you don't have that guesswork but also you may not have to spray as much as if you just blanket spray if you just say i'm going to spray every seven to ten days you may be using way more product than you actually need
2: Correct. So I agree. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So the 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 having that trap out there is very helpful, and it really saves you a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of money. Really, I it mean, could. Yeah. That's that's the biggest thing. I mean, if it's a bad year, maybe you're just spraying all the time anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what's your what's your kind of go to product for that spraying? Uh, to you know, you mentioned a product listed for fruit trees. What's you, what's the one you prefer to use?
2: I like using the product we call Last Call. It's a, um, a spinosad. Yeah. based product. It's organic. It works very well on codling moth. Um, and, you know, reapplication is generally you know, every 10 to 14 days. Yeah. If you're using the trap, though, you've got that barometer, if you will, sure. to telling you when to repeat. Yeah. The nice Um, thing
0: about that, too, is you can use it on other plants as well. Okay, this is the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie. We're with Gary Yandel of our Middleton location. We've been talking fruit trees and how to prevent funguses and bugs and make sure that you have all your tasty treats throughout the year. We were talking about using a product called Last Call, uh, which is an an organic insecticide on your trees and shrubs. And, Gary, you were about to mention uh, that it's something that we can use on lots of other plants. Including cherries.
2: Including cherries, yeah. Um, it works very well on Western cherry fruit fly. A lot of people don't understand because they can't see where this mm. uh, insect entered into the fruit. They don't think they got the problem. Oh, you're right. But I guarantee yeah. you, if you don't <laughs> spray your cherry trees, you're eating maggots.
3: little <laughs> extra protein, yeah, pro, yeah. protein never yeah. hurt anybody, Lovely right?
2: thought, eh? <laughs> okay, timing on this. You're going to watch the fruit. You don't mm. have to spray cherry trees as much as you have to spray apples. Mm. You're going to watch the fruit. You watch for the fruit to turn from green to white. That's your timing mm. right there. Okay. You start to see that it's time to start spraying. last call will last from ten to fourteen days. so spray when you see that event, spray again ten to fourteen days later spray again ten to t- ten to fourteen days after that. By then, typically you're picking oh, but if okay. you don't if you don't pick all the cherries, stay on that same program okay you don't want this population of flies to explode, yeah. Okay.
0: Very. Yeah. That's great. I had never actually uh, heard about that. Waiting for the color to change on it. So I think that's and that's a really good visual reminder for yes. anybody that has a cherry tree in their in their backyard or front yard or you know whatever part of your yard you have it. Uh, but watch for it. So you're going to watch for it from turning green to white. Green or, to white. Green yeah. to white. That's your clue to start spraying with something like our last call to prevent the western cherry. Mm-hmm. Fruit fly, which is uh, always a a difficult pest. Yes, yes. (laughs) One you don't want. Otherwise, you're going to be eating it. So (laughs) uh, keep that in mind. All right. So we are uh, just about out of time for this segment of the Zamzos Garden Show. I am your host, Nolan Guthrie. I'm here with Gary Yandel of our Middleton location. We're talking all sorts of things, uh, fruit. Tree uh, related, uh, how to take care of your funguses, how to take care of the bugs. We're going to come back for one more segment of the Zamzos Garden Show with Gary Yandel on KBO. The
3: Zamzos Garden Show will be back right here on Newstalk KBOI. Hi, this is Josh Samzo here with my sister Callie. And sis, what do you think of this crazy spring weather?
1: I don't ever remember it snowing on Mother's Day weekend.
3: Snowmageddon in 2017 was fun.
1: Not, but I do remember Dad saying it was 23 below zero in 1972. I bet Zamzo's sold out of ice melt that year.
3: But you know, it's cool to think that since 1933, Zamzo's has been there for the people
1: of the Treasure Valley. And in the past 90 years, we've pretty much seen it all.
3: The drought we had last year sure got our attention, but we're trying to get ahead of it this year.
1: Well, the the snow we got after Mother's Day is going to help, but not with that old adage, don't plant your tomatoes till the snow's off shape or Butte. But that's why we sell plant
3: protectors that you fill with water and frost blankets that keep out the cold but let in light air and moisture.
1: I'm still waiting till the snow's off Bogus to plant my tomatoes.
3: I'm not waiting. Like Rodney Dangerfield said in the movie Caddyshack, let's go while we're young.
1: We're getting older as this ad plays. Any final advice for the folks?
3: Well, as that 70s song says, carry on my wayward son, they will be warm when the frost is done. True that.
1: The live,
3: weekday afternoons from 3 to 7
0: on News Talk KBOI. All right, we are back with the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie, and uh, with me today has been Gary Yandel of our Middleton store. Gary, I just want to take a second and just thank you for taking some time out of your day to come and uh, record this show with me. This is a pre-recorded show, so we aren't taking calls, but we will be live uh, again next week, hopefully. And uh, Gary, thank you so much. I always appreciate getting to talk to you. I always learn something. So you're very knowledgeable <laughs> when it comes to uh, you know lots of things. In particular, today we're talking about trees and 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 uh, parts, fruit trees and, and berries and grapes. So uh, I uh, just thank you, Gary. I appreciate your time. Glad to be here. Uh, so I wanted to kind of finish up the show here with just a kind of a almost a lightning round of questions. Okay, let's go. Because <laughs> there's a lot of things <laughs> a lot of people like to ask, and uh, sometimes I don't always have the answer. So um, you know, as we kind of transition from spring into summer, there, I think there's a lot of things people want to look at or you know want to keep in the back of their mind, the things that they might want to do right now uh, and then are going to want to prepare to do. Uh, in the future as we get further on into the summer. So, Gary, what's the first thing you uh, are thinking about as we start to get into that summer time frame?
2: Well, uh, it's time to start thinking about thinning your fruit. Mm. And this is on your pears, your apples, your peaches. If you don't thin, you're going to get a bunch of little fruit. Mm. It's not going to ripen as well as it could. It's Mm. not going to get as big as it could. Yeah. So... I know a lot of times it means you're going to remove a lot of fruit from your trees. But understand, you're still, by weight, going mm. to get the same amount of
0: fruit. Ah, oh, interesting. Yeah, you know?
2: yeah, yeah. So, and they're going to be sweeter and more flavorful. Yeah, I know
0: that's a, that's, a, that's a, one of those things that people are kind of heartbroken to hear something like right. that. They, you know, you don't want to remove the thing that you're working so hard for. But uh, I think that's a, great, that's a great point. You're going to get the same amount of fruit... By weight, because it's gonna the the amount of energy is going into fewer things. Just means you get a bigger apple and a bigger peach right. or a bigger pear. Um, so yeah, that's a good one to think about. And uh, I think uh, thinning is something that uh, most of us don't think about. I've still got some fairly younger trees, so it is something I think about because as I start to see that fruit develop, I notice the branches really start to weigh down, yeah. and I don't want them to be. You, you know, don't want them I, Yeah, I don't yeah. want them touching the ground right. before the end of the year. So.
2: All right, so, um, so... Just mention real quick, you want a piece of fruit hanging every six inches along a limb. Okay, good. I know that's aggressive, but trust me, it's the best thing.
0: Yeah, okay. That, yeah, that's a great uh, great tip mm-hmm. there, Gary. Appreciate it. Um, okay, so a lot of people ask me, um, when is the right time to prune, or can I prune as we're going into summer?
2: Right now, because of the chance of spreading fire blight, I would not prune apples or pears. Yeah. I know I told you you have to prune it out, but <laughs> don't do any more pruning than you have right. to. Right. So if you're not seeing that fire blight, don't leave prune. them alone. Leave them alone. Okay. If you want to dress up your cherry tree, let's say you can go ahead and prune that. If, in fact, cherries are actually recommended to be pruned during the summer. Oh, okay. So um, that's okay to do that. Uh Plum trees should not be pruned. They don't need to be pruned. Mm. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, there's not a whole lot, you know, and as I think, far as pruning goes. Yeah, yeah. and I yeah. think
0: a lot of times um, people get a little leery about, like, is it the right time? And there are some things that I think you can always prune, right? If it's broken,
2: go ahead and, and prune that out. Yeah, broken, dead, prune it out.
0: Yeah, yeah. If, it's, if it's getting in your way as you're mowing, it's just going to become dead or become broken yeah. because you're running into it all the time. So go ahead and take it out. Uh, Chris Owings calls those the convenience prunings, things that are making (laughs) your life difficult. Go ahead and take those out and go ahead and remove them. So um, a lot of questions about uh, when to or should I feed my fruit trees or my berries or my grapes right now?
2: What, What should people be thinking about when it comes to feeding
0: those guys right now?
2: Kind of a blanket statement I can make about any berry plant. It should have been fed back in March, and ah. you do not feed it again. Okay. They, sh- they should have been fed with nitrogen. Okay. And it's not necessary to feed them again. Um, in this fall, you'll feed with phosphorus on those. Oh, okay. And Interesting. Grapes, um, here again, a little bit of nitrogen or a balanced fertilizer back in March. Okay. And then don't feed again. Okay. You get too much fast growth, it does a lot of bad not good okay
0: okay okay
2: um fruit trees um i'm getting ready to give them their summer feeding of course, the only thing i feed is with the thrive sure but that feeding this time of year is for helping with fruit production and in case the cherries getting those to sweeten up and ripen up good
0: okay so uh, a late spring early summer feeding for your for your fruit trees right. okay good to know actually i'd never actually heard that feeding nitrogen on your berries in the spring and then phosphorus in the fall right i think i'd always thought you know give things phosphorus so that they bloom more but I, I now that you know I, as you mentioned that i kind of start to think about it i'm like oh yeah okay i get it so the, the phosphorus
2: is in there the phosphorus is stored over the winter right. time and the plants use it next very year good. for the flowering yeah. okay
0: very cool all right very good okay so we've got feeding we've covered fruit thinning some pruning how about um what about grapes what kind of things
2: uh, are you looking at when it comes to grapes as we move into summer So my grape plants right now, I'm looking at what it's going to take to train them up, tie them up, you know, to the trellis, that kind of deal. Um, I'm also doing some thinning Hmm, because the grapes will grow much, much more than they need to. Hmm. And they will grow and produce more clusters of grapes than maybe to increase the quality of fruit. I'm going to thin out a lot of clusters also. Okay, so thinning the branches that are growing out as well as... clusters Clusters. okay yeah because on each cane most your typical grapes will try to produce anywhere from two to four clusters on each cane i actually knocked that down to one cluster per cane
0: okay and so you find doing that again kind of like with the other things pruning out your fruit it just makes that cluster get all the good stuff instead of it going to a whole bunch of things
2: right you get and especially with grapes. If you don't do it with grapes, you got a whole bunch of little bitty sour grapes. Right. <laughs> okay. And we don't need sour grapes. We don't no. need that. <laughs> <laughs> you'll get bigger grapes. They're going to get sweeter, faster. Very good. You'll enjoy them a lot better. Yeah. Okay.
0: Any other things with uh, grapes that people should be looking out for right now? I know powdery mildew, Powdery mildew is yeah. something that can be a, an issue.
2: Powdery mildew, I like to prevent. It's commonly used. It's, uh, uh micronized sulfur it's a powdered sulfur Oh, okay and you uh wet it like you do any kind of insecticidal spray or thing, anything like yeah. that and spray it all over your grapes this is what you know most of your big vineyards use all sure sure it's very effective it gets powdery mildew.
0: have you used the revitalize on that
2: not on my grapes because i was using the sulfur <laughs> oh
0: okay okay interesting but, yeah so I would imagine it probably has grapes listed on it. We'll have to look at it. Oh, yeah, up, but yeah. I'm sure it's on there. I'm sure. It Usually when an organic is there, it can be used on anything right. for the most part. Okay. So now here's another one that oh, it seems to always happen. Um, I haven't had a lot of fruit yet to where I've really had to worry about this, but birds. Birds. What, <laughs> what, what's, your, what's your best recommendation for keeping the birds out of... It seems like they particularly like to go for the cherries, but I'm sure they will go for other things as well. But uh, what's your kind of what's your go to when it comes to controlling the birds?
2: Yeah, like I say, I had them go for the cherries and the grapes both. Yeah. Now, they're a pain, but the most effective way is to put up a barrier, a bird net, a net. Yeah. Okay. I know there. It's out there. The reflective holographic you know, tapes and all that kind of stuff. Those work really good on the small birds, like hmm. your, your sparrows and so forth. Maybe starlings. Yeah, those. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't work on the robins. Yeah. They, they... <laughs> yeah, they walk right by. The, they don't care. <laughs> uh,
0: all right, very good. Well, uh, we are just about out of time. Gary, I want to thank you again for uh, taking some time out of your day to come and hang out with me a little bit and chat about uh, how to keep your trees and your shrubs, uh, or your fruit trees and your berries and things healthy as we move into summer uh, but, you know, this is good advice for just about any time. It's something you're going to hear just about any time of year. It's good to hear these sorts of things over and over again because I know I forget them all the time. So uh, we are just about out of time. I want to thank you all for tuning in to the Zamzos Garden Show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie. We should be live next week. We'll be able to take your calls. If you have any questions, you can always reach out to us at zamzos.com or find us on Facebook or Twitter, and we will be able to answer your questions there. Thanks a lot, everybody. We'll see you again.
3: Hi, this is Josh Zamzo, and as you may have heard, there's a nationwide shortage of pottery, but not at Zamzo's. Last spring, our buyers saw that a shortage was coming, so they ordered a massive amount of pottery. And to coin a phrase, our ship has come in. In fact, we have so much pottery, both indoor and outdoor, that this is the largest selection of pottery we've ever carried in almost 90 years of business. So, if you have house plants, patio plants, potted plants along the driveway, walkway, or any place else, Zamzo's has a pot to. Th- at every plant. What's more, now through the end of May, all pottery at all 13 ZAMZOs is 30% off. And if you're a member of our lawn program, you get an additional 10% off, which makes this the ideal time to replace those faded, cracked, and worn-out pots with dazzling new ones. But don't wait. At 30% off, many of these pots won't last long. So for Idaho's largest selection of pottery, both indoor and outdoor, shop now at your neighborhood ZAMZOs.
2: Nobody knows
0: like Samzos